Is that Paula? No, I, I don't know the number. Hello? I understand you've been investigating me. Well, that depends. I investigate a lot of people. Who is this? This is Jared Deeb. Hi, I'm Stephen Holmes. And I'm Matthew Miner. And this is Quarantown, an investigative journalism podcast brought to you by the SM Experience. Last week, we heard from Quarantown Citizens about whether Kyle was indeed the good kid we heard him claim to be. It was a bit of a filler episode, if we're being honest. We're on contract for eight episodes. You do not want to disappoint the podcast company. But then we got a call. A call from the supposedly burdenated Jaron Deeb. If Jaron Deeb is talking to us, he's either a ghost like the Victorian lady in my attic. Or that was somebody else's body in the cornfield. We decided to ask Jaron Deeb. So, wait, you're not dead. No, I'm not. Prove it. Uh, I'm alive? Well, hot dog, little pony. Look, you seem like nice kids with good intentions. I can see how you and everybody else got mixed up and thought it was me that was murdered. I've made countless enemies in this town, but I've just been on vacation the past six months. Sometimes, when I've seen too much corn, I like to take a nice, relaxing stay up in Potatoton. So, all this business about Kyle being the last person to be seen with you... Uh, that part is true. He drove me to the airport. But him being involved in a murder, that just ain't right. So, if that body in the cornfield wasn't you, which, by the way, I'm still not convinced of, whose body is it? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Oh. We're not in this for the money. This puzzle had almost come together. We had opened the box. We had all of the pieces, but now the puzzle has been scattered across the floor. The puzzle now also has an added twist. The burnt body discovered in Jaren Deeb's field is not, in fact, Jaren Deeb. Or so he says. It's as though we now have two puzzles mixed together, both without a box in sight. One, a regular jigsaw puzzle. The other, one of those 3D puzzles that were all the rage in the year 2000. We reached out to Paula again several times, but our calls remain unanswered. We wonder if it has anything to do with us leaving a flaming bag of dog poop on her front porch. The answer to that question, like the answer to who was really killed and who killed them, eludes us. We've had theories. Dr. Pupsenfreud, for example. Could he be the murderer? He's dangerous, but mostly because he'll bore you to death. We also considered Kyle's father, Carl Vantrak. Sure, he died years ago preventing the Corn Mart meltdown. But death didn't stop Jason in Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, from being reanimated and going on a killing spree. But when we exhumed Carl's corpse, he's definitely still dead. We decided to retrace our steps. Since we couldn't reach Paula, and the sheriff was busy with what he described as a Category 5 shitstorm, we reached out to the next person we had talked to, 
Kyla Van Tractor. We stopped by her house. This is where things took an interesting turn. Should we have called first? It's fine. She's probably just in the bathroom again. Uh, I hope she doesn't still smell like Kraft Singles. Yeah, that was overpowering. Oh, uh, hi. Uh, hey. Duncan? Yeah, that's me. What are you doing here? I was just, uh, consoling Kyla. We sort of made up. And made up, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I don't. We just want to ask Kyla a few more questions. Maybe we can ask you for you, too. Do you mind? Uh, no. That would be great. Come on in. Kyla's just in the bathroom. <laughs> I knew it. I'll go grab her. <sighs> well, this is a nice coincidence. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. You shouldn't feed birds stones. Oh, actually, some birds swallow stones to help break down food since they don't have teeth. <laughs> oh, look at you, Mr. Bird facts knower. Why don't you go study birds? I already did. I studied birds for six years at Juilliard. <laughs> well, maybe if you love birds so much, you should marry one. Steven, I, I already did. You were there. You were my best man. Oh. Oh, yeah. Man, what is taking them so long? We already scheduled our next bathroom break and we cannot miss out again. I only brought so many pairs of pants. <sighs> Come on, let's just go check on them. Hey, what are you guys doing? Why are you climbing out that window? What window? That window. The one with the bed sheets that have been tied into one long rope and then are hanging out of it? Yeah, the one you guys are sitting on the ledge of, each with one length dangling outside as if you're getting ready to slip out through it unnoticed. Oh, oh, this window? I have a hair appointment that I have to get to, but my horoscope said not to walk through doors today, so Squirkle is helping me get out the window. But your hair is obviously freshly trimmed and colored. Trust me. I know hair. I've got enough bags of it at home. I meant my downstairs pube hair. My crotch looks like Robert Smith. I don't suppose you'd show us his pubes so we can confirm. Hey, ease up, Matt. We don't have a warrant. I'll post a before and after on my Insta. That checks out. But what's up with these hastily packed suitcases? You guys haven't heard of Marie Kondo's newest decluttering technique? Condominium? Where you toss random clothes, toiletries, fake passports, credit cards, and disguises into a suitcase and toss it out a window? Do you guys seriously not know? What? No, we know that stuff. We're condo fiends. Uh, yeah. We barely have any belongings. I only have one pair of underwear. My living room is just two lawn chairs and a mirror for my wife to look at herself. I have no idea where my birth certificate is. Checks out. Hey, why don't you guys help us declutter this room and pass us those suitcases while we climb out this window? Mommy has to get her bushwhacked. Oh, sure. There you go. Can't wait to see the before and after. This episode of Corntown is brought to you in part by the election campaign for Perker Posse for Mayor. 
Mayor Troutsnout wants you to believe that the only tricks he knows are sit and stay, but he also knows lie. Mayor Troutsnout claims to be a purebred golden retriever from a prestigious breeder, but when we looked at his records, we discovered he was born in a puppy mill, and his mother was a cocker spaniel. Mayor Troutsnout says he'll clean up this town, but this is the same mayor who had fleas last fall. He can't even clean himself. Mayor Troutsnout claims to be a good boy, but is he really? Last year, he embezzled 400k from the town council to buy a new doghouse. Parker Posse was born in a barn, and she's proud of it. She never once had a flea, and she bravely defended her home during the rat infestation of 2015. Vote Perker Posse for mayor, and together we can make Trout Snout, Trout's Out. Paid for by the Committee of Election for Perker Posse. After we rooted around in Kyla's parents' fridge and tried on all of her dad's zoot suits, we returned to the Motel 6 empty-handed. But later that night, we grew suspicious of Kyla's story. Despite Matt eagerly refreshing this teen girl's Instagram page to see before and after pics of her pubes, she never posted the photos. We knew Kyla had been an unreliable witness, but was she merely unreliable, or were her stories smoke and mirrors? We checked the horoscopes in the Husker and found no warnings about doors. The closest thing was a mention of Jim Morrison, but that was for Virgos, and everyone knows Kyla is a Sagittarius. Uh, we're gonna have to do more digging. Why don't we try Paul again? I'll call her, you try the sheriff. Sounds like a plan. What? Where's that coming from? Uh, I saw Kyle and Duggan's phones. They'll fetch a pretty penny. You idiot. That's why Kyla couldn't post those puby pics. You took her phone. Oh man, you're right. Wait, look. I'm calling Paula's phone, but Kyla's phone is ringing and says I'm calling her. What? Hey, and I'm calling the sheriff, but Duncan's phone is getting a call from Dingleberry Jones. Who could that be? That, that's you. You're Dingleberry Jones. He put me in his phone as Dingleberry Jones? Oh, man. Something stinks here. Something stank indeed, and the stench was growing. We thought it odd that my phone call to Paula went to Kyla's phone. Could the switchboard operators at AT&T have plugged in the wrong wire? Could I have mixed up my contacts? That was a possibility. We knew if we could only reach Paula, we could sort this out. Since we couldn't call her, we went right to the Corntown Husker office to talk to her. Hi, we're looking for Paula St. Paul. We've been trying to reach her for a few days. Who are you looking for? Paula St. Paul. She's a reporter here. We've been talking to her about the J&D murder. I don't know anyone named Paula St. Paul. No, she works here. We've uh, met with her here a few times. Uh, she wears a big hat and an obvious red wig and uh, oversized sunglasses. No one who looks like that works here. We don't have that many employees either. I mean... There is Polly Paulson. Uh, oh, there he is. Hey, Polly. Yo! Do you know a Paula St. Paul? Paula St. Paul? Never heard of her. And I know everybody. She doesn't exist. 
Thanks, Polly. See, she doesn't exist. Polly would know he knows everybody. This was staggering news. Paula apparently doesn't exist. But if she doesn't exist, then who had we been talking to? This convoluted road of treacherous twists and turns was about to become even more twisted when we went to the police station to talk to the sheriff and let him know what we had found out. This episode of Corntown is also brought to you in part by Mayor Troutsnout's re-election campaign. We all know cats think they're better than us, and Perker Posse is no exception. Perker Posse doesn't care about your life, not when she's got nine lives of her own. Perker Posse's family bought a new couch. Two weeks later, that new couch was sitting on the side of the road, scratched to pieces. I wonder who did that. Remember the film adaptation of the musical Cats? It was terrible. Perker Posse is also a cat. Coincidence? We all know Perker Posse has a history of catnip abuse. Maybe that's why she's been seen shitting in the Niblet Park sandbox. Mayor Troutsnout would never shit in a sandbox. If anything, he'd eat that cat poop and keep our parks clean. It's time to clean out the litter box. This November, let's make Perker Posse Perker Passe. Paid for by the Mayor Trustnet Re-Election Camping. Uh, hi, Jadine. We're looking for Sheriff Wickenham. We have developments in the Jaren D. murder case. He's not in. I haven't seen him all day. He does exist, right? Of course. Oh, that's a relief. He has been acting strange lately, though. He looks about 30 years younger, about a foot shorter, and has a very stylish but sort of fake-looking mustache, doesn't wear his trademark rhinestone beret, and hasn't been talking with his usual French accent. When would you say he started acting strange? It was about six months ago, right after that Jaron Deeb was murdered. Huh. Yet another strange coincidence. Wait. Oh. My. God. What is it? When we first spoke to Sheriff Wickingham, he mentioned the duty on the mayor's desk, remember? Of course. Oh, and later, when we spoke to Dr. Pupsenfreud, he mentioned that Kyle's daddy, Carl Ventruck, was on duty the night of the Corn Mart meltdown. Exactly. On that night, the night of the meltdown, Carl died from third-degree burns caused by vats of molten butter. Oh, technically margarine, but not just any margarine. Basel. And as everyone knows, Basel is owned by Upfield Holdings, which in turn is owned by multinational consumer goods titan Unilever. Among Unilever's other subsidiaries is Hellman's Mayonnaise, their direct competitor? None other than Kraft Mayo. And what else does Kraft make? Kraft Singles. It all makes sense. Sheriff Wickenham is Kyla Van Tractor. No. Oh, no? I I totally thought that's where you were going with this. Close. Recall Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper. Do you remember what they're eating at the table? Ah, but of course. Kraft Singles. Bingo. And who was at that supper? St. Peter. Yep. Uh, St. John. Yep. Uh, St. Bart. Yep. St. Doug. Yep. And, oh my god, St. Paul. St. Paul. So that means that Kyla is... 
Paula St. Paul. Oh my god. But, but what about the sheriff? How does he fit into this? When we first talked to Wickingham, what did he say he was eating when he got the 911 call? Bismarck, which is a kind of donut. Of course. And what pairs nicely with a donut? Beans. What kind of beans? Coffee beans. Coffee beans like you might get at the bean barn. That's where Duncan works. And if you've got coffee, what are you doing with that donut? Duncan! That's right. Sheriff Wickingham isn't Wickingham. He's Duncan. Dr. Popsenfreud. Uh, yeah, Duncan. That's totally what I was going to say. The pieces were starting to fit into place. Kyla Van Tractor was Paula St. Paul all along, and Sheriff Wickenham was Duncan. Before assuming their identities, they framed Kyle Van Truck for murder. We told the deputies what we had discovered. Every available officer scoured the streets of Corntown looking for Kyla and Duncan. One officer spotted Duncan's car at the Cornmart bus depot. We met the officers there, along with Dr. Morg, Dr. Pupsenfreud, and the surprise not victim, Jaron Deeb. It was time to close this case. This episode of Corntown is also brought to you in part by this other guy running for mayor. Hi, I'm Justin Dolby, and I'm here asking you to please not elect a dog or a cat as our mayor again. Ah, oh, this has to end. It's been 35 years without a real mayor. Corntown has real problems that need to be taken care of. Our main street is littered with potholes. We've needed new sewers for 10 years. A group of wild hogs has taken over the library, and for some reason, we still haven't adopted the metric system. So this November, please vote for me, Justin Doby, and don't just vote for another cute animal. I'm a real person! Duncan Jones, freeze! We have you surrounded! Duncan Jones? The director of Mute? Nah, it's a different Duncan Jones. It's over, you two. Looks like the old suitcases out the window trick didn't work. Oh, no. It worked. We believed every word you said. We wouldn't have suspected a thing if Matt wasn't a kleptomaniac and swiped your phones. And once we found out that Paula St. Paul doesn't exist, it was easy to put two and two together. You two had gone away with murder. You framed an instant young man, which was easy to do once Duncan started impersonating Sheriff Wickenham. Everything was peachy until you heard the two hotshot podcasters were coming to town to investigate. So, you created Paula St. Paul, reporter from the Corntown Husker Times. You knew two hotshot podcasters wouldn't bother to check credentials. So you fed us the details you wanted us to know and pointed us to dead ends, hoping we'd eventually get bored and drop the whole thing. But you didn't count on us sticking around for eight months. It's a good thing we really like corn. It's the main reason I've stuck around this whole time. So these two are the ones who killed Jaren Deep? Not quite. Isn't that right, Jaren? That's right. (gasps) Oh fuck, it's a ghost! Now, now, I'm not a ghost. And I'm not dead either. Nor was I ever murdered. I was on vacation for six months. 
Every now and then, I just need a break from corn, and I go to... Potato-tum. Potato-tum? You son of a bitch! Yes, yes, I know. It's my deepest shame. But if Jared Deeb isn't dead, then who was murdered? I'm afraid it was Sheriff Rick Wickenham. Dr. Moore can confirm it. Yes, of course. It all makes sense. The body was seven feet tall, had a rhinestone beret, about the sheriff's badge, a beaded bracelet that said Rick, another beaded bracelet that said Pussy Patrol, and Sheriff Wickenham's wallet. I thought he just left the wallet in the book one day. <laughs> I had really goofed on this one. These two lured Sheriff Wickingham out to Deeb's place, knowing that Jaren had left for his vacation. The matinee showing of Cool as Ice was the perfect cover. We thought Kyla was unreliable after telling us that she spent a few hours in the bathroom at the Cinecorn. But we discovered an old map of the town that shows that there's a system of underground tunnels that were used to transport contraband kernels during the corn ban of 33. One of those tunnels leads directly from the Cinecorn bathroom to Deeb's place. They were able to get there and back without anyone seeing them. And they knew Kyle would be distracted by the movie. He was the last one seen with me. It was enough to cast doubt on him. Kyle Van Truck is a good kid. I hate to pop your balloon there, but uh, there's one more thing we need to mention. Kyle isn't a good kid. Nor does he care for Robert Van Winkle. When we visited the police station, we noticed the photo of Kyle Van Truck on the wall that was framed and mounted for him being the 10,000th arrest. But we noticed something odd about that photo. He had a stupid face. That's because it wasn't Kyle Van Truck. Because Kyle Van Truck had swapped places with Duncan Jones. Isn't that right, Squirkle? Yeah, you ding-dongs figured it out. Kyle? That's right, ding-dong. I've been dunking this whole time. Framing him was easy. We looked so similar. I just had to find a way to keep his mouth shut. Duck tape made that easy. We knew Jared would be out of town for a while so we could say that he was the victim. I'd pretend to be the sheriff for a few weeks while me and Kyla got our fake identity sorted. Then these two hotshot podcasters showed up. You just wouldn't drop it. But I've talked to you. Your face, it looks so stupid. Yeah, that was easy. All I have to do is this. <gasps> Whoa! He looks so stupid. But why? Why kill the sheriff? Why? I'll tell you why. Because that son of a bitch killed my father. He was responsible. If he hadn't pushed that test through, the reactor wouldn't have failed and my daddy would still be alive. My life would be different. If I had a dad, I never would have entered that forest and gotten cursed by that witch. He had to die. Wait. Didn't Jaren cause the meltdown? Uh, he did. It is well documented. Sheriff Wickingham never even worked at Cormart. He's been the sheriff since he was eight years old. What? Oh, well, I, uh... Yeah. It was me. I may have told Kyle that Wickingham did it. We were vibing, you know? I was hanging with the coolest kid in town. I didn't want to ruin that. When he asked about the meltdown, I just kind of lied a little bit. Can you blame me? Son of a bitch, I'll kill you! Stop it! I think we all learned something here today. That lying is never the answer. Sure, lying feels good now and then. Like when you stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself that you're still attracted to your wife despite the decline of your bedroom antics, where there once was a fiery passion that burned eternal, there are now but a few errant embers whose glow are quickly fading to oblivion. Rarely now do either one of you find yourselves in the mood and 
When the mood does strike, you know that she would rather stroke it than have you poke it. So you retire to your basement workshop, your only place of solace, where you can be alone with the old sewing machine that you modified to give you a few strokes of your own. Uh, but, but lying can also hurt and can hurt others. Uh. Okay, officers, arrest those two. Wait, where'd they go? Oh, damn it! They must have escaped while Dr. Pupsenfroid distracted us with his boring speech about his sad life. God damn it, Pupsenfroid! You dumb son of a bitch! You old scum-filled dick wrinkle! I'm gonna show your wife what a real man looks like. Richard Carn. Oh, well. I guess the chase will continue. Ah. <sighs> Well, we should go tell Duncan the good news and get him out of prison. Janine? Yes? Let's go free an innocent man. Who's that now? Uh, Duncan Jones. The director of Warcraft? <laughs> no, no, uh, the Duncan Jones from Corntown. Oh. Oh, we executed that Duncan months ago. The morning after we arrested him, in fact. Oh. Oh, I see. We get things done here in Corntown. Ever hear the expression, get her done? We invented that. We get her done. But he was innocent. Is that right? Well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> huh. At least it makes sense why he never responded to our request for an interview. Yeah, I just thought he was playing hard to get. Yeah. Yeah, come on. We should get on home. Steve, I just don't get it. What the hell's wrong with these people? What the hell's wrong with this place? Hey, forget it, Matt. It's corn town. We returned to Corntown two months later to check in on the search for Kyle and Kyla. And because Matt forgot his phone charger in the Motel 6. We met up with many of the townspeople we had met over our eight months stay in Corntown to see how they had been faring since the revelations about Jaron Deeb's murder came to light. Jaron Deeb himself returned to work at the Corn Mart, though his reputation had been tarnished after revealing he had been staying in Potatoton. He did manage to rehab most of his image by publicly placing a potato in a toilet and defecating upon it. Dr. Pupsenfreud finally won the Nobel Prize for Corn Studies. He also sold a prototype of his modified sewing machine, dubbed the Strobemaster 4000, to Jeff Bezos, who was a big fan. Dr. Morg is facing a three-week suspension after he accidentally cremated his napping assistant. Polly Paulson won a Pulitzer for his story detailing the twists and turns of the case. Mayor Trentsnout lost his re-election after it was revealed he lied about being neutered and knocked up a corgi. Congratulations to new mayor, Perker Pazzi. Duncan Jones currently has an adaptation of the 2080 comic series Rogue Trooper in development. The Duncan Jones from Corntown is dead. Despite searching the immediate area for upwards of 35 minutes, Kyle Van Truck and Kyla Van Tractor were never found and are still believed to be on the run. Their whereabouts are still unknown. As for Matthew and I, we've discovered a shared love for uncovering the truth. Personally, I've developed a debilitating corn addiction. And... I'm adjusting to the single life after I accidentally left a window open. As for the town itself, we think it's going to be in good hands. Before we left, we spoke with the town's new interim sheriff, Lyle Van Pickup, and his new deputy, Layla Van Combine, and asked for their thoughts on the two fugitives. Oh, Stu? 
They sure are a clever couple, but I don't expect those two crooks to make their way back here anytime soon. That certainly would be foolish of them. Yeah, there's no way those two incredibly good-looking troublemakers will be found around these parts. If anything, they're probably lying dead in a ditch somewhere and will never be seen again. That's for sure. Wow. With everything that's happened, I expected you guys to be under a lot of stress, but that doesn't seem to be the case at all. Yeah, you guys seem pretty cool and in control. Cool as ice. This has been an SM Experience production. Executive produced by Stephen T. Holmes, Matthew Minor, and I'm a Plastic. Episode mixed by Richard Mixon. Theme music, Heaven and Hell, by Jeremy Blake. Special thanks to Brad Keyes, Courtney Keyes, Aaron Neeb, Jennifer Pepper, and Brad Robinson. For more comedy content, follow us on Instagram at the SM Experience. And subscribe to the SM Experience on YouTube. beautiful night let's just enjoy it babe i got to get regular tent content posted on my channel or it'll never compete with the big boys uh why is the maze studies institute so loud right now it's never usually busy at night they must be doing some night tests did you hear that hear what that bush something rustled it <laughs> i didn't hear anything why don't we hop inside the tent and you can wrestle my bush? Bingo bongo. Wait, was that your bush? <laughs> was that? No way. Let's get out of here, Howie. Oh my god, what is that thing? <laughs> 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 <laughs>